Hey everyone, welcome to the Super Review Show's Mixed Bag, coming to you live once again from the JK. And as always, we the best, we the best podcast. I am joined as always and forever will be my podcasting brother, Bill Murphy. What's going on, folks? How we doing tonight? I'm doing, I'm doing, I'll tell you when we're off air how my day was, but I'm doing pretty good right now, bud. Hey, it's good to feel good, isn't it? Oh, it's great. You love to see it. You love to see it. Yes. we the best podcast. We the best podcast, of course. Um, Bill, oh, Bill, what is our topic for tonight? Well, we have a very special topic. We, we, people wanted us to talk about this for the longest time. Tonight, right. we're talking about my sex tape. <laughs> no, we're not. No, no, no that doesn't exist. Not. It doesn't exist. No, we're not talking about Bill's sex tape at all. That's we're not existed. About... It doesn't no, exist. We right? not, <laughs> we're not, we're not talking about that. We're talking tonight, tonight instead about. Okay. Well, since the Tonys are Sunday. Yes. Okay. Instead of what we did for the Oscars and for the Grammys, how we talked about all the nominees. Yeah. We're not going to do that tonight because it's harder to go to see a show than it is to go see a movie. It is. That's correct. Because it's like crazily expensive. Oh, yeah. Totally. So, so tonight... In honor of the Tonys this Sunday, first we want to say good luck to all the nominees. Good luck. We didn't see you, but good luck. Oh, yes. Good luck, everyone. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> good luck. And remember, don't get the fuck guy. Broncos modern life joke. If anyone's around my age, you will get that joke. If not, if you're around JT's age, you won't get the joke. But anyway, um, good luck to the nominees. But our topic tonight is musical films. Which we're all excited about. I, I, truth be told, everyone, I had a little trouble with this. I had like two or three picks, but Bill has a lot to go off of. This is why you do the show with me. Yes, yes. Because you're going to hear about stuff. We're going to be talking about the biggies. And I'm going to maybe throw some more obscure stuff at you. Who knows? I'm excited either way, but but Bill, are you ready? What or what is your first pick? Okay, you know what? Um... Since it's the thumbnail of our video, I think we uh, have to talk about it, don't we? This are we are we are you talking it? No, you're not. No way, you're not talking. Are you talking about Bill? Are you talking about one of the greatest musicals of all time? Debatable, but yes, one of the greatest musicals of all time, known as The Sound of Music. Okay, yeah, what do you got, bud? All right, The Sound of Music. For those of you who don't know, this is actually based off a true story. Correct. If you want to know more about the historical inaccuracies, go watch our video that we did on historically inaccurate movies. Go watch it. It's interesting. We promise you'll like it. The thumbnail Um, is of JFK, the movie. (laughs) Please please go watch it. You'll like it. Won't they like it, JT? They will. And they'll love our podcast version of it, too, on Spotify. Check it out. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. So anyway, Maria Vonch, Maria, who is a going to be a nun, isn't really fitting in the convent. So what happens? She goes to be the Baroness for the Von Trapp family. Yes, she does. For the Von Trapp family, played by the late Christopher Plummer, who just passed away last year. Oh, and Mary Maria is also played by the great Julie Andrews. Yes, who is one of the goats of all time, one of the greatest. Yeah, and she, she just seems like a lovely person, too. 
Super lovely, lovely, love to hear it. I'm sure she's a lovely Brit. Julie, if you're watching, we think you're absolutely lovely. And please come on our podcast, because we the best pod because we the best podcast. Ain't that the truth, ladies and gentlemen? We the best podcast. Anyways. Remember, everything sounds better in a British accent. Um uh, but of course, anyways. But anyway, okay. That's fine. I'm gonna stop before this gets crazier than it should get. Yes. Um but and you know, she becomes the governess to their Nine children, I think. Well, let's just say they have a lot of kids. I think it was seven, but I could be wrong. Seven. They're Catholic. They pop them out one at a time. But anyway, okay. I can make that joke. I'm Catholic. But anyway, I'm. Me too. But go ahead. We can make that joke. But anyway, um, and you know, it's just Rogers and Hammerstein music, which I, it's nice. But you know what? Okay, JT, are you ready for an unpopular opinion? Ready for the unpopular opinion. Here we go. I think the sound of music is slightly overrated. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Come at me, bro. Bill Murph 27. Come at me. At gmail.com. <laughs> no, that's my Twitter handle. Oh, sorry. My Twitter. <laughs> at him at Bill. Anyways. Yeah, so. Or just Bill. No, I'm kidding. Okay, you know, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate this movie. I, I don't. I try not to hate movies. Well, there are certain movies I hate, but we'll be here all night if I go through that list. Um, <laughs> that could be another topic. Most hated movies. <laughs> yeah, but um, the movies, this movie is, it's not bad. It's just, okay, I, I've said this before. Every year from when I was in kindergarten to when I was in sixth grade in music class, we always watched this freaking movie. Oh, yeah, totally. So I've watched it about 6,387 times. Unfortunately, but that's okay. And okay, there are some songs that I, I I do like. Um, I do like my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. And then I don't feel so bad. Um, I like the opening song. Um, and um, this was actually one of the last works which I think Oscar Hammerstein worked on. I think he actually passed away during the production of it. Oh no! Okay, and. So Richard Rogers had to pick up a lot of the, a lot of the slack. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, some of the it, the music's not terrible. It's just I hate that. So uh, and a lonely goat herd. Oh God, I freaking hate that song. I it's all good. The, you know the one with the puppets. Yeah, but that's, oh. that, that's why I'm slightly creeped out about puppets, folks. Well, this movie was made in 1964, five, five. Yeah, it came out in with it by shot in 64. Though, if you think about it, yeah, it was shot in 64. Yeah, it's all good. if you want more info, go watch our historically inaccurate movies podcast. Go watch it; it's interesting. Um, it's incredible, guys. Check it out. It was actually an incident because Georg and. Captain Von Trapp and Maria were not like how they were in real life. Oh, no. No, they weren't. Captain Von Trapp was actually more quiet. He was more toned down. And yeah. he was actually very quiet. Maria was a few fries short of a Happy Meal. Um, <laughs> you got to use it one more often. Sorry. You never heard that saying before? No, that that's a good one. A few fries short of a Happy Meal. I like that one. Um. Yeah, she she had she threw things. She screamed. She was she wasn't the Julie Andrews in real life. She was. I don't want to say the word crazy, but she was not exactly. 
No, she was not the the actress that's re- the the character we know we are. So. She was not exactly all there. Right. So, so um, so yeah, good. um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the sound of music? Um, on honestly, I I, I do I, I really like this movie. I mean, okay, I wasn't like Susan, you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> I this am. is America. You can like, you can, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I hate this movie. No, I'm kidding. I, I actually really do like this movie a lot. Um, yeah, I, when, when I think of musicals, this is actually one of the first ones I personally think of uh, is the sound of music, but <coughs> still cover, we're recovering from a cough, guys. I'm good. Um, but I, I do, how much more iconic can you get with, with the sound of music? The, for those who are listening, you won't be able to see, if you, if you look up on, Google the sound of music or stream it like the promotional art, the posters and whatnot. Like it's a really iconic, like Julie Andrews just like, like fling her arms in the air, whatnot on the posters. It's a really iconic film of its time back in 1965. So, you know, I think it's really good. It does it stand the test of time for a lot of people that is with Doe Remy and whatnot and Doe, a deer, a female deer. I mean, that's there be those have become like staples and classics amongst society, truthfully. Um, and uh, what's the one? You uh, uh, do, uh, do you like the one? You are sixteen going on. Is that one good or no? In your opinion, it's it's okay. It's a little schmaltzy, but it's not the worst thing I've ever heard. That's what, I mean. It is. We got to remember too. It's of the time as well. The when they made the film, it is like it was nineteen sixty five. So, or the mu- or the musical that came out in when did it come out? Oh, that came out in the fifties. Correct. Well, that's a different time period completely too. So there you go. But I mean, overall, I do I do like this movie a lot. I mean, is it like perfect in my eyes for the time? Yeah, but like, does it hold? Does it hold up over time? Sure. Would I watch it on a daily basis? No. And but it's, it's still it's like still, three. It's like three hours long too. It's a, it's a long. Let me look up the runtime. And by it's the way, long movie. I have a this movie. This movie doesn't really. It, this movie doesn't answer a big question. What? How do you solve a problem like Maria? <laughs> but I'm pink. That is a very important question that needs to be answered. I agree. Questions need to be answered, movie. Come on. Yeah. How do you solve a problem? It's two hours and 54 minutes for those who are keeping track at home. Oh, no. I know what you're thinking. No, we're not doing it. We are not doing it. So not doing it. Coming this fall to a YouTube screen near you. The movie commentary of The Sound of Music. Anyways. And uh, hopefully that's going to be the week where Bill is away in Vegas, so he will be here. Yeah, or we can do it over the summer and have all your pleasures satisfied. Hopefully it'll be the weekend of 4th of July when Bill's not here. Please, <laughs> have it be a weekend when Bill's not here. <laughs> it's it's three hours. Oh, we did The Godfather. That was three oh, hours. What's The Godfather? That's you know fair. what? Okay, folks, do you want us to see... Do you want us to do a commentary on this? We're going to let the... The lovely voters decide. Hopefully. Uh, well, I kid you not. I'm going to put up a Twitter poll after the show, after it's up on YouTube. And I'm going to say, should we do a, a Sound of Music movie commentary with Bill? Yes or no? And see what happens. So check well, it out. Let's on do it the weekend that Bill's in Vegas. So well, whatever. So Bill does, you know, so Bill will be uh, doing some uh, Vegas things. Vegas things and probably when I come back JT half of those things I won't be able I won't be allowed to talk about on air um, 
Well, yeah, did I mention I'm going to Vegas? Um, yeah, um, you did. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyway, so okay, folks, do you want to see it? Yeah. Do you want to see Bill, uh, JT, and I do it? If the voters want it, the, JT, we got to give them what they want. The tweet has just been sent. So if you're listening to this now on Spotify Podcast, simply follow us at Superview Show on Twitter, and you can select the poll and say yes or no on our Twitter. The tweet is up now. Check it out. So, anyways. Hey, we're in the entertainment business. You know what the number one rule of the entertainment business is, JT? What? Give the folks what they want. Exactly. So, if they want it, we'll do it. And it's a seven-day poll. You got plenty of time to pick. You got one whole week, folks. One whole week. Okay, so... You like this? I'm, I'm sorry. You like this movie, or I do. Backtracking, I do like it quite a bit. It is, it, it. I enjoy it. Let's put it that way. And to each their own. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm not judging you outwardly, at least. I'm judging you silently. Um. But yeah. Um. Yeah. Sound of music. That's a great way to kick off this episode, isn't it? Um, oh yeah! Whoa! In such a high note. Let's start from the very beginning. A very good place to start. Um. Okay. So, over to you, my friend. What do you got? Well, Sound of Music was the first one I get. I'm gonna pick one that Bill is gonna hate even more, and this is gonna be our next movie commentary coming to you from uh, in the next coming weeks. Truthfully, we're okay. gonna talk we're about doing, No, we're doing this. Oh, yeah. Why can't you do it the week, Adam, that I'm in Vegas? I don't want to do it by myself. It's a movie commentary, after all. <clears throat> okay, how much alcohol am I going to need to get through this? Uh, however much you need. But we, we, we don't promote drinking, folks. We're just saying. Uh, we, we promote responsible drinking. Don't drink and drive. Yes, I agree. Get an Uber or stay at your friend's house. Yes. Be exactly. responsible. We promote responsible drinking here. Be a DD if you can. Don't drink. Be a <laughs> friend this summer. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. Exactly. Um, Greece. You want to hate on it first and then I love it? What do you want to do? Here comes a Bill full-fledged rant, ladies and gentlemen. Three, two, one. Sign of the cross. I freaking hate this movie. <laughs> Here comes the hate. It's just, it's so freaking cheesy. It's just so, okay. My reasons for disliking it are very disdained and are very set. God, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm giving a, I feel like I'm giving a campaign speech right now. Bill 2024, I'll get shit done. Anyway. Anyways. And you know who's going to be my running mate for that campaign? Who? Doctor Matt Hemsley. Doctor Matt Hemsley, because he's Doctor Matt Hemsley. But anyway, anyways, go ahead. Shout out Matt Hemsley. Um. So anyway, Greece. I just, I just don't really find this movie entertaining, and I don't know why. Everyone, you know, again, everyone. If you like it, go ahead and like it. But I don't really like John Travolta's cheesy acting. Um, <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. And the, the, I think the reason, the thing that really turned me off from this was somebody when I was in school was bugging me to watch it. 
And I remember one time it was on like Nick at Night or something. I watched like it for like a half hour. Yeah. Because this was around the time the high school musical craze was going on. And this no, we're not going to talk about that. This is the OG high school musical. Just saying. Yeah, because when high school musical was really big, JT, they tried to capitalize on that going. Going. We're the this was the original high school musical. The OG baby. Yeah, they try to capitalize on that when High School Musical got big. Yeah, um, it's the new modern day Greece. It's uh, and no, we're not talking about High School Musical. No, no, we're living in a world where that doesn't exist. Um, I second that. It's a lovely world, isn't it? But it is a great world. I will be honest. As much as I'm not a fan of the movie, the songs aren't awful. I do kind of like Summer Nights. Summer loving had me a blast. I like Grease Lightning. Go Grease Lightning. Come on. I do like Grease Lightning. Yes, you do. Do you like You're the One That I Want? Yeah, it's a good song. Do you like the title track that Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons did? Grease? Not terrible. I heard it live, truthfully, because I saw Frankie Valley. Fly for when JT saw Frankie Valley. Yes, it was great in 2019. So, anyway, um, So anyway, um, but Greece, yeah, not the biggest fan. So, but like I said, all the songs aren't are are not terrible. I really, I really can't stand. Look at me, I'm Sandra D. I can't stand that song. That's a rough one. And, but you know what? Like I said, listen, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure John Travolta is a very nice guy. But he is, from what I understand. I'm sure he's a really nice guy. And I'm really sad that he lost his son in 2009 and lost his wife last year. I really feel sorry for him. But I'm not the biggest John Travolta fan. Really, Bill? Tell us why. I just am not a big fan of his acting. Not even in Pulp Fiction? I, I like him. Pulp Fiction's one of the few movies I actually like him in. All right, that's fair. Um, Everything else... Eh. Did you know outside this, John Travolta actually did have a top 10 hit? With which one? It's a song called Letter In. Oh, uh, from the movie? No, just on his own. Well, good for you, John Travolta. This has been... Oh, yeah. What do they win if they get that right? They win your respect. If you can guess the song that he parodies, I know what it is. If you can guess that song uh, and and guess the chorus of what song it is, you'll win his respect. And isn't my respect the greatest prize of all? It is, Bill. It's a wonderful prize. We love to see You win my respect. Yes, we get to win Bill's respect. But if you can guess it, you can tweet us and call us at 1-800-GOT-BILL. Yeah. Okay, I yield the floor. JT, your thoughts on Grace? I love it. <laughs> it's, I, I think it's actually JT, a really... JT, I am really questioning this friendship right now. No, no. I'm no, sorry, no. JT. I think it's best we see other people. Uh, I guess we swiped left on this one, buddy. Oh, my God. Anyways, I... Truth be told. Truth be told, everyone. Oh, I we swiped that. ultra left on this one. Yes, we swiped like super ultra left swiping right there. Um. Anyways, I do love this movie. Summer Nights, classic. 
you're the one that I want. Olivia Newton-John's like first number one hit compared to Let's Get Physical. Um, and truthfully, it's if you take Grease for what it is of, of the time, it is a very silly movie. Yes, I said silly, everyone. But it is really like, truthfully, it's a good end of the school year summer blockbuster film to watch if you look at it in that context. But the car, the, I will, I will, I, I'm going to throw a little hate on it. The car at the very end flying away, that just does not make sense. But everything else is like, it's summer loving, had me a blast. Like the songs make sense, like Sandy at the drive in. Uh, if you if you have not heard the Grease soundtrack, get on it. It's a, aside from the, the songs you mentioned, it's a really solid soundtrack. There's covers on there of a couple of songs. <laughs> it's really good. Um, so, but I love. If you're looking for a summer movie that is like high as like a musical like film, watch the sound of uh, the sound of music. Watch Grease because Grease is a really solid fun, just all that fun flick. Truthfully, if you Gentlemen, if you're listening to me out there, somewhere on the internet, somewhere on Spotify, somewhere on YouTube, listen to me for a sec. You're going out with a girl and you want to watch a really fun movie that might actually, it, the movie ends with them together. So if you're on a first date in the summertime and you're, you know, you're doing your thing, watch Grease because you never know what's going to happen after that. I'm not trying to say, I'm not saying anything specific, but I will say, Grease, you've done your job. Because Grease is the word. Okay, I do. Grease is the word, the word. Yeah. Damn it, you know, trying to slightly convert me now. Fun fact, Bill. You know who actually wrote that song? Not Frankie Valley. You know who actually wrote that song? Who? Uh, Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees. Really? That's interesting. This has been a fun fact with JT. I'm working on my song. Don't worry. <laughs> and if you guess a parody of that, you win his respect. Damn right. Um, but I, I really think it's all on fun movie, summer flick, classic 70s summer flick. The soundtrack is great. John Travolta's acting fits what the, I think the character was going for. Olivia Newton John has never sounded better as a singer. And you know, Grease is the word, everyone. So there you go. Um, what do we have next, my friend? Okay. So, you know what? We're going to the, um, I got two classic ones I want to talk about right now. What do you have today? Okay, we're going back to one that I I haven't seen all of it, but I have seen a good chunk of it, and that is The Music Man. You have, I have no idea what this is. You're going to have to talk to me about this one. Okay, so The Music Man is actually a, um, I, I think the movie came out in like 64. Okay. So, okay, it's about a guy named Harold Hill, not Henry Hill. This is not Goodfellas. But oh anyway, God. Harold Hill is a con artist who comes to a small town to build a marching band of young boys. But he, he's trying to do this, but he's just trying to get everybody's money and so he can leave. And anyway, and, and this probably includes one of my favorite musical numbers. It's called You Got Trouble. Oh. When he's like trying to when he's trying when he's like trying to fill up this big this huge paranoia about, you know, small town things and he just gets their fears so he it's like talk 
it's like most of the song, he's not even singing, he's speaking, but you know what? It works. I agree. It works. And then and then he go and, and he go and he goes, you got trouble, my friend. Trouble right in here. Let's see if I can get this word for word here. All right, folks, I might fail at this, but please still like me. But anyway, you got trouble, my friend. Oh, right here in River City. Sure, I'm a pool player. Mighty proud to say it. I I consider the ha- the hours I spend my with a cue in my hand are golden, but mature at a keen eye. You got trouble, my friend. Right here in River City. We and then and then the, the best part of the song is Mothers of River City. Heed my warning before it's too late. No, trouble, 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 trouble. And all going, trouble, trouble, trouble. Does your son, does your son buckle his knickerbockers below the knee? Trouble, 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 trouble. And then is there, does he have a dime novel in the corn crib? Cover, cover, from Captain Billy's whiz bag. Trouble, 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 trouble. Is he saying words like swell? And so's your old man. So my friends, we must act. <laughs> oh, you got trouble. It's like just so, the buildup, it's so freaking funny. You know who actually does a good version of that song? And you're going to laugh will? me out of the room here. Who? Seth MacFarlane. Is he really? There's actually <clears throat> a video of him singing that song on BBC's Pops. Interesting. Go check that out when you're done. It's actually, I, I actually think I kind of like that version better than the original. Really? Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy. Yeah, that guy. Seth Mac. No, he actually does have a music career. I didn't know that. Really? He's, he actually puts out a few swing. He actually put out a few swing albums. That I have to check out. If he's putting out swing albums, then so go, go check out Seth MacFarlane's music career. Well, the theme of Family Guy is sort of swing, but yeah. Yeah, he actually, yeah, Seth MacFarlane actually really has a good voice. Wow, I never knew that. What has this been? Random facts with Bill. And there's actually a song that was sung in here. Um, yeah. it's actually called um it's actually the song Till There Was You, which was covered by the Beatles. Correct. That's that's from here. Oh, it's it's not one of theirs. Yeah, no, it's from the music man. I had no idea. You're gonna learn shit tonight, folks. Whether you like it or not, you're gonna learn shit. Um but anyway, and also, you know, aside from the You Got Trouble, which is one of my favorite numbers, what's so funny is there is a part where the school board is like going after the guy, is going after him. And then when they're talking, he's they're basically teaching him, teaching him to sing like a barbershop quartet. It's so funny. He goes, they'll never be without anyone again. And goes, oh, they've hated each other for 15 years. It's, it's an interesting film. I recommend you give it a watch. Okay, you ready to move on to the next one? Talk to me, Bill. We can't talk about musicals without talking about this one. Or people will come outside our houses and burn us down. Well, we're not. You don't know where we live. It's okay. What do you got? West Side Story. I was even thinking that. You're right. That's a good pick. Okay. I haven't the seen the new one and the I original. I haven't seen one. the whole new one yet. I've seen parts of it. I have not seen. I love the original one, but I have not seen the newest one. I've seen parts of the original one. I mean, of the new one. I've seen all the, the old one. Yeah, I've seen the old one completely. But the, the, the new one I heard was Best Picture nominated, right? Yeah, it was Best Picture nominated. Yeah. And Ariana DeBose, who was in West Side Story, is yeah. in 
actually hosting the Tonys this weekend. How about that? And also, one of Matt's favorite, one of Dr. Hemsley's favorite facts on, on Earth. One, yeah. of Matt's fav- one of Dr. Hemsley's favorite facts. She is one of the only actors, one of the three actors to win to, to win an Oscar for playing the same role. That's incredible, really? Yeah, Rita Moreno won playing that same role in 1961. I had no idea. That's incredible. The other two who, who have accomplished that feat were Marlon Brando and, and Robert De Niro for playing Don Corleone in The Godfather 1 and 2, and Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix for the Joker in both The Dark Knight and Joker. Right. Shout out to Dr. Hemsley on that one. Um, yes, shout out to our good man, Dr. Hemsley. So anyway, um, yeah, so for those of you who haven't seen West Side Story, here is, well, the story. It takes place on the West Side. Uh, uh. The West Side of New York, you have, you have two gangs, the, the Jets and the Sharps. One of them is is Puerto Rican American. The other one is white. But Tony, who's one of the Jets, falls in love with Maria. Mm-hmm. Got another musical involving a girl named Maria. How do you solve a problem like Maria, everyone? Or, or you just met a girl named Maria. That too. That too. Oh, we're making a lot of puns tonight, aren't we? Um, <laughs> That's very punny of you. Where's Mike Rifkin when we need him? Yeah, Mike, um, where are you? Mike, we need your puns now. Um, but anyway, so, and, and you know what's like just so in- interesting about it? It's like even the the opening. It's there's really like no singing. It's no lyrics. It's do 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 do. The snapping. Yeah. And then there's the the dancing, which is very very impressive. It is. I mean, the, the choreographs and the, both the original, I mean, I didn't see the new one, but they looked incredible, the choreographs. Yeah. Um, the rumble! Um, yeah, but the songs are absolutely amazing. This is basically a retelling of Romeo and Juliet. Wow. Yeah, this for- is West Side Story is a retelling of Romeo and Juliet. I forgot that, actually. <coughs> um, and the music was written by Leonard Bernstein and the lyrics are written by the late, great Stephen Sondheim, who yes. just passed away this November. We, Stephen, we miss you. You're, yeah. um, don't worry, folks. I'm talking about another Stephen Sondheim musical a little later. I'll talk about another one. Don't worry, Sondheim nerds. I got it. He's Bill's got, got it. He's got you. Um, I got you back. What um, was the runtime of the first one? I think it was like a little less than two hours. Uh, okay, the because this one is the 2021. I haven't pulled up for everyone. The 2021 version was two hours and 36 minutes, but the original one was the runtime was two hours and 33 minutes. I wasn't sure if there was a big difference or not, but that's that just my curiosity there. So yeah, like all. everyone knows the music from all, all songs from all of these. Yeah, and and they, they and even people who don't or live outside like the tri-state area or the New York area, they still know this because of the movie. The, the you know what you call it. Um, I feel pretty. Yes, oh so pretty. 
oh, so pretty and witty and, <laughs> and um, very witty. Anyways. And also, um, and there's a place for us. the song. There's a place for us. That song. Yep. And Adam Ariana DeBose's um, acceptance speech at the Oscars, because she is the first Afro Latina, not straight person to win. The best actress, right? The best supporting actress. And she said, for people like me, there is a place for us. Exactly. There you go. And yeah, but West Side Story. And because you know what? Uh, How there was like a remake of it. Uh, I think it's like, I think it's how it basically has become how I said West Side Story was actually basically a version of Romeo and Juliet. Right. And how Romeo and Juliet has different adaptations and stories. Mm-hmm. I think once you think about it, West Side Story might become like that. It might be have like a different talent. Like this version has a more modern feeling. Has a more modern feeling of the original story. It does. And the re- I, I didn't see the remake. I mean, I, I, felt, I felt like an idiot for saying that because I heard it was incredible. But thank you, Steven Spielberg. Um. But I just, I mean, first of all, when I when I said oh, well, they're remaking my sister, and then they showed the trailer for it, I was like, oh wow, that Spielberg's actually like going really, really, really in depth. People go nuts over it. Like, oh no, how could you do it? And then sure enough, Steven Spielberg, the goat director. Sorry, everyone who likes Nolan. Sorry, um, Nolan is not the greatest of all time. Steven Spielberg, Stanley Kubrick, George, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, those are the guys are the greatest. Nolan's up there, but not quite up there yet. Anyways, that's my Nolan note. But yeah, Spielberg is. Spielberg is Spielberg. He, he he did an incredible job with this one. I mean, from what I could tell, I didn't see the remake yet, but there you go. Uh, but you know what? I want a word from my good friend, Justin Favaro, who said, who said, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. That sounds like the most gimmicky title ever, but it worked. Yes, West Side Story. Exactly. The most oh. gimmicky title, but it works. Right, exactly. Um... But yeah, like I have to see the rest of the remake. I haven't had the time to sit down and watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm a busy guy. I have, a, I have another podcast to do. I have a, I'm a busy dude. Um, Bill, you can reach Bill at 1-800-GOT-BILL because he's so busy. He's just he's swamped nowadays. Me too. But yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. West Side Story, which is like in its Broadway run, it actually lost the Tony to the one we just talked about, The Music Man. I had no idea. That's interesting. Yeah, but um, the 1961 West Side Story ended up winning Best Picture, so not all right. hope is not all love is lost. Yes, and and West Side Story was the original. I mean, if you by the way, just want to say this, anyone out there listening, if you've not seen the original, the remake was the remake, but if you have, not, which I heard was incredible, if you've not seen the original 1961 West Side Story, watch it. It is a fascinating, incredible movie to watch. Yeah, it really is. All right, you ready for the next one, my friend? Okay, yes, you want to know something? You're going to hate me for this, JT. I have so much more I want to get to, but I don't know how much time we have to get to all of it. So, Well, I, what's our time, time constraint for tonight? <laughs> I don't really have a time constraint, do you? Give me five more. Oh, boy. 
Do you have enough for that or no? I'm just wondering. I know we're doing this live on air, but we, we, we don't really have show notes or anything. We just do this. Okay. Time. You know what? I'll, I'm going to try to breeze through these. Like, okay, guys, this is going to be, this is, this is going to be a long one tonight, folks. So uh, get comfortable. We'll be here for a few. Six hour show. No, I'm just kidding. We won't do that. Good God. No. Six hour podcast. Um, Check out our overrated movies podcast. It was three hours long. And that was a fun time, though. It was. I was. Anyways, go or ahead. check out the t- or check out my Super Bowl 2021 pregame, which was five hours. How the hell did we do that and not kill each other? I don't know. That is Great still question. a mystery to this very day. Yes. Um. um any other comments for West Side Story, really quick? Yeah, no? I'm good. Okay. Um. Just, just if you haven't seen it, check it out. Seriously. Okay. Now here's what I think you might really like, my friend. This is, we're talking about, have you ever seen A Little Shop of Horrors? I have not, but I know what you're talking about. Well, guess what? We are talking about it. We're talking about Little Shop of Horrors. I mean, it was also a Broadway play, right? It was. Was it a play first and then a movie or vice versa? Yeah, it was. Okay, all right. I wasn't sure. And yeah, so Little Shop of Horrors tells the story of Seymour who meets a plant and names him and names him um and names her Audrey too after this girl who he who he's in love with named Audrey but she has a boyfriend who's an abusive dentist okay i just want to say the dentist song is absolutely hysterical um i was actually ironically at the dentist today and <laughs> And I'm thinking if my dentist has that as his ringtone, I don't I don't know whether to laugh or be absolutely terrified. Right. But anyway, more on that in a second. But the plant actually ends up being from outer space. Oh no! And it, it's that thing over there. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, just Google little for those of you're listening to us on podcast. <laughs> Excuse me, everyone. I'm still a little sick. Just Google Little Shop of Horrors. And you know who actually did the voice of Audrey too? Who? Levi Stubbs from the Four Tops. Get out, really? Yeah, that was Levi Stubbs from the Four Tops. But he 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 unfortunately passed away, what, 10 years ago now? Yeah, he absolutely yeah, he passed away. And and you know who the music was done by? The Four Tops. Well, no. Oh, who? <laughs> okay. If you're not a big movie or musical nerd like myself, the people who wrote this movie, Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. What else did they do, bud? You may remember them. They actually also were, they also did the musical to a lot of the Disney Renaissance films, such as Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, like uh, um, Aladdin, Lion King, stuff like that. No, they didn't do Lion King. That was Elton John and Tim Rice. Oh, um, correct. Sorry, yes, my bad. They did um, Beauty and the Beast, right? Uh, yeah, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, yeah, and Aladdin. And Mankin did write some more stuff with Disney, but um, unfortunately, Howard Ashman passed away in 1991, either 90 or 91. Oh. He he had AIDS. Um, over 30 years ago, so. So, but he, um, yeah, but in their pre-Disney theater days, yeah, yes. this was before the mouse. Before Broadway 
and Disney merged before they before they were official employees of the mouse. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, but the songs here are absolutely fantastic. The little shop, little shop of horrors, and the dad oop, and the the dad oop, and the um, feed me. Does it have to be human? Feed me! Does it have to be my feed me Seymour? Feed me all night long. And the dentist song, funny story about that actually. Um, Alan Mankin, his father was actually a dentist. His father was a dentist, and he actually came from a long line of dentists. Oh wow. And he was the one who broke the chain and went into composing. But anyway, um, Alan Menken actually wrote the song because the dentist himself is on a is on a um is addicted to laughing gas. Right. And Alan Menken's father was actually the president of the board to promote the safe use of laughing gas. And he actually because these were the days before CDs. We had cassettes. He actually sent a cassette to his to his parents of that song, of him playing the dentist song, mm-hmm. and his and his mom called him. Yes, honey, we, we heard your song, and then his father went. You tried promote. You tried dedicating your life's work to promoting, to promoting the safe use of laughing gas, and then have your song, your son write a song about it. <laughs> he said, but then they over time it grew on them, and now they love it. Um, That's great. But anyway, yeah, use laughing gas safely, guys. Use it safely. Yes, don't um, don't unleash it on a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, and also my favorite song from this musical, it's called "Mean Green Mother," um, which was actually not, which was actually gave Mankin and Ashman their first Oscar nomination. Nice. All right. And they actually, um, he thought they were going to win the Oscars and Alan Menken tells a story about when, when, um, when they were, when they were sitting there, Levi Stubbs, because before every Oscar nomination for best original song, they have someone come up and perform it. Yeah. And they had Levi Stubbs up singing Mean Green Mother. And Alan Menken is like going to Howard Ashman. Levi Stubbs is like bringing the house down. <laughs> and then he's like getting his cards ready to get his speech ready. And then Howard Ashman goes, Alan, relax. We're not winning tonight. And they lost. But they ended up winning a couple years later for Under the Sea for Little Mermaid. But anyway. Under the Sea. Anyways. And Alan actually won Best Original Score for Little Mermaid. But anyway, get back to Little Shop. Um, yeah. And anyway, you know, there are actually two endings to this movie. Really? Yeah. The original ending, which was the ending of the show, yeah, was that Audrey, the girl, she actually ends up dying. Oh, jeez. And, you know, like, some of the ending works. Um, yeah. Like, when she's, when she, like, Seymour, played by Rick Moranis, is holding Audrey in his arms. Mm-hmm. And they're doing the last reprise of the song somewhere that's green. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the last line, how far from Skid Row, somewhere that's green. 
and Audrey dies in Seymour's arms. And Seymour gives Audrey to the plant, uh, gives Audrey to Audrey to, and the plant eats her. And then, and then she's, and then he's about to, to off himself. And then somebody goes, you're going to be rich with all these plants. And then there's the, and then Seymour tries to fight the plant. And then Mean Green Mother is played. Um, And, and then the plant ends up eating Seymour. He burps out his glasses. And then all these little Audrey twos are, are now being bought by people. Mm Mm-hmm. Not to sound like a uh, Marxist here, but yeah, it kind of shows the evil of capitalism. But then um, the plants end up evolving and killing folks and eating people. And you know what the name of the la- of that final song is called? What, Bill? Don't Feed the Plants. Probably for the reason. That's a good idea. Don't feed the plants. What do you think? Maybe we should feed them. It's a great idea. Love to see it. But whatever you ought to do, don't feed the plants. So, but anyway... When they showed it to test audiences, the test audiences didn't like the ending. Mm, okay. They really didn't like the ending. So, um, yeah, by the way, you know who the puppets are done by? Who? Frank Oz, the one who, the ones who, the one of the big, one of the head Muppeteers, he was like Jim Henson's right-hand man. Didn't he also work for Lucasum? Was that right? Yeah, he he did, um, he did, he did um, he did Yoda. Yoda? That's right. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, when they went back to, when they saw, when they showed the um, ending, people didn't like it. And rightfully, they didn't like it. So they actually went back, they actually reshot the ending. Yeah. And it's your typical happy ending. Seymour ends up beating the plant. Audrey lives and Seymour and Audrey get married. Oh. And... Yeah, but no, you if you want to see the original ending, you could just type it in on YouTube and it's watching plants take over the world. Yeah. So what I'm telling you, which ending would you, would you like better? The original or what they ended up going with? What they ended up going with. Really, you don't you don't want to see giant man eating plants taking over the world? I'd rather not personally, because that's the ending of the movie, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, giant man eating plants taking over the world. Of course. Because you can. I don't know. Maybe not for me. Yeah, but um, no, what I remember when I actually, because people told me, there's another ending, there's another ending, there's another ending. Mm-hmm. And when I, um, and when I, um, and when I watched it, I'm like, dude, this is up. This is apparently, but that's the ending of the stage show. Yeah. That's the ending of the state of the original stage show. But yeah, that ending is fucked up. But yeah, so Little Shop of Horrors and JT, don't feed the plants. I won't. Please do not. Well, if you have plants in your yard, feed them. Feed your plants. Just if they start becoming giant man-eating plants, um, you might want to burn them to the ground as quickly as possible course there you um, go. and yeah before they uh, end up eating the whole yeah but um yeah anyway one more fact the song suddenly seymour people wanted to re-edit the song 
and call it suddenly someone so they could put it on the radio. Mm. But Alan Mankin said, nope, it's fine just the way it is. Probably for the better. It's fine just the way it is. Okay. JT, I got like a lot more to go, but I don't know which one to go with next. I, I really don't know which one to go through next. How many more do you have? I got like four or five left. So um, let's pick uh, two more. Two of the best ones you think of off the top of your head. Oh, God. I got so much more to think of right now. Um, oh, no. no. I'm kidding. Okay. You know what? How about only a few of them? I'll go into detail and then I'll just rattle stuff off. Um, yeah. You, you know, you can give two more and then give your honorable mention. Okay. We feel like we have to, because these are stuff that I feel like we have to talk about. Yeah. Because if we don't talk about it, people are going to hate us. I agree. Let's end with the big one, though. Wait, what's the big one? The... You want to text it to me? Yeah, I'll text you. Anyways, go okay. ahead. Okay, go next so, one. I'll text you. Yeah, text me what the big one is. Um, but what's anyway, this one now? the one that we're going to talk about today, cats. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to discuss that. Oh, God, no. No, I like to live in a world where that movie doesn't exist. And guess how that world is, JT? How is it? It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. I agree. Um, okay. Not really, but go on. So, okay. The one that I'm going to talk about is, okay, we got to dive in. To which one? To the world of Mr. Andrew Lloyd Webber. And we have to talk about it, folks. Don't worry. We're not talking about cats. We promise. We, I think we beat that dead horse enough, don't you think? Yeah, especially when we talk about our worst movies of all time. I think we beat that. I think we, I think we, um, let's just say the cat got our tongue on that one. Yeah. Um, let's Go just on. say we beat that dead horse enough. So we're not going to discuss that. But this is a film that's kind of controversial to musical theater folk. Ooh. The 2004 Phantom of the Opera. Good pick. I didn't even think of that. I feel like that's the one you have to talk about. Yeah, didn't you? Uh, yeah, that's... You kind of uh, have I'm to. I'm going to be honest with you on something. Talk to me. And I'm going to get mixed reaction from the musical theater crowd on this one. Oh, no. I think Phantom of the Opera is slightly overrated. Oof. Somewhere, somewhere, someone is, someone's having a heart attack. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, Maybe. Anyways, you share, t- t- tell me why. Okay. Well, he, okay. Well, because here's the thing. I think Phantom of the Opera is like that musical that you have to listen to if you like musicals because it's been so hyped up. And don't get me wrong. The music is absolutely fantastic. But, um, okay, for the movie, you know who directed this movie, JT? Who directed it, Bill? I'll give you a hint. He gave us the bat nipples. Oh, no. no really? Joel Schumacher Joel directed Joel Schumacher directed this movie. That's frightening, but go on. Okay, and guess what? It's now time for a history lesson with me. History lessons with Bill, baby. Here we go. Okay, so here's the story. Now, this is a story all about how... Sorry, wrong one. Um, Okay. This musical, when it came out in 1986 in, in um, London, and then it came over to the U.S. in 1988. 
And it ended up being a huge, huge hit. And still is. And as you know, a, a film adaptation was inevitable. The film rights were bought and they were thinking about, I think filming in like 89 or 90. It was going to star, it was going to star, um, it was going to star the original Phantom and Christine, Michael Crawford and Sarah Brightman. Okay. Who, who at Sarah Brightman at the time was actually married to Andrew Lloyd Webber. Interesting. You didn't know that till I just told you. Um, I did not. Yeah, Andrew Lloyd Webber was actually and Sarah Brightman were actually married. But wow. and what happened was okay. I'm going to pull up more of the info here. Give me one second, my friend. Um, I have a random fact in this. If you want to, if I go about the play of the Phantom of the Opera, I'm gonna, sure. Let's hear I'm it. <laughs> not sure if you ever knew about this, but for those of you who are familiar with uh, musicians coming into uh, Broadway, not Springsteen on Broadway, but because that was something separate, uh, but Paul Stanley of Kiss was in the Broadway play of Phantom Opera at one point. Did you know that? I did not know that. So because I was reading his, truthfully, if you're... On a quick side note, everyone, if you love autobiographies and want to know more about someone's life that's like famous or whatever, this is a good autobiography to get. Paul Stanley's, Paul Stanley's Kiss, the rock band Kiss, um, who I just saw a couple weeks ago back in Hartford, uh, Connecticut, uh, on their farewell tour. But Paul Stanley of Kiss is, without a doubt, his story is fascinating, everyone. But he, he was actually, he's a huge opera fan he's a huge he's a huge you wouldn't think that paul stanley of kiss would be that but he is he's a huge opera fan he was in phantom of the opera at one point i forget for what role but he he because if he's singing he loved broadway and he because he's from new york he's like let me just try this out and sure enough he did he was in so i don't know just just a quick plug because when you said family opera, oh paul stanley just popped in my head so yeah. there you go we're going so anyway the studio wanted more A-list directors. Yeah. But they had one, but Andrew Lloyd Webber had one person in mind. Who do they have? Joel Schumacher. To direct. And this was in 1990 because he was so impressed by his use of music in Lost Boys. Right, right, right. Schumacher, what Schumacher, Andrew Lloyd Webber said, Schumacher's my guy. Well, and, and this is before the disaster of Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Yeah. So they would have started filming, but then some things happened. One, um, one, um, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Andrew Lloyd Webber and, um, and what's his face? Um, and what's her face? Sarah Brightman actually ended up divorcing. Oh, bummer. All right. And, so he had to get his that taken care of, and mm-hmm. and when Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, "All right, Joel, I, I I'm I'm free now," and then Joel Schumacher, oh, "Sorry, Andrew, I got more projects I got to work on," mm-hmm. and like there was a time, like when Joel Schumacher t- basically told Andrew Lloyd Webber, "Listen, dude, go, go on, go get someone else to direct. I'm too busy right now," and Joel Sh- and Andrew Lloyd Webber said, "I'm not going to start filming until you're ready." 
Listen, wow. regardless of how you feel about Joel Schumacher, you got to respect Andrew Lloyd Webber for that. Like he, he, yeah. Yeah. And who they wanted to get to play the Phantom. Oh, they went through a big ass list. List up the top four. The original cast was act. They actually, at one point, were getting, oh, this would have been terrible. John Travolta. Oh, we just talked about him. So, so uh, sing once again with me. Yeah, Christy, sing with me. Like, I'd be like, shoot me. Just, 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 just put me out of my misery. Um, oh, God. But then they were thinking about going with Antonio Banderas, which I actually think that would have worked. He's good. I actually think that would have worked. Um, Because in 1990, for the for the 50th birthday celebration of Andrew Lloyd Webber, they had they had Antonio Banderas sing a few songs from Phantom, so that started speculating rumors. Okay. And then they were gonna go with Hugh Jackman, but he was on, but he had scheduling conflicts due to due to Van Helsing, due to the film Van Helsing. Right. So. So they actually ended up going with Gerard Butler. Okay. Who actually had no musical experience, actually. Hmm. Except he was in a band at one time. Oh, well, that helps. And he actually only took four voice lessons and then sang Music of the Night for Andrew Lloyd Webber, and he loved it. Wow. For Christine, originally it was going to be Katie Holmes. Okay. And then she was later replaced by Anne Hathaway, who was a classically trained soprano. But she had to drop out because of scheduling conflicts with Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. Right. So she ended up going with um, Emmy Rossum. Oh, okay. Who, listen, I'm sure she's a really nice lady, but her voice is just weak. In this performance. Yes. Okay. And Gerard Butler, I'll say this, he tries. <laughs> so, yeah, but they, they also had problem with the film rights. And then Andrew Lloyd Webber filmed his own production company, The Really Useful Group. Don't they sound useful? Yeah, no, not really. But go they on. sound really useful, but then the film got released and it I think got like mixed reviews. Yeah, I'm not sure what the Rotten Tomatoes score is. But um, you know what? And like, let me tell you, the music's good. You know, they tried. But, you know, I'm going to say this. Andrew Lloyd Webber wa- got the film he wanted. Yeah. He got the vision. director he wanted. Now, does that come? Now, does that come? Now, does that make it good or bad? That's up to you. But you know what? When they started filming, he was on set. Every day, every day of filming to make sure they were as close to the source material as possible. Mm -hmm. So Andrew Lloyd Webber basically didn't let them get away with anything. He was on film. He was on set every day they filmed. And and now Gerard Butler's performance, here's something I'm going to say that's a little unpopular. Yeah. There's actually a song that he does that I think he does better than Michael Crawford. Oh, really? And it's the song, it is the reprise of the song All I Ask of You. It's when Christine and Rolf are singing their love to each other, and the Phantom overhears, they run away, 
and the Phantom is just holding his holding the rose and he's just in tears when he sings like I gave you my music and let my song take wing but now now you betrayed me and it just sounds like he's in so much pain and like yeah come at me nerds um, yeah come at him just kidding come at me musical theater nerds um snobs just kidding yeah, come at me snobs but um but yeah, uh, the movie itself is kind of so-so, but at least Andrew Lloyd Webber, again, he got the film he wanted. Whether you thought it was good or not, that's up to you. But, but he got the film that he wanted and he stood by what he wanted. And... Yeah, so that is my thoughts on Phantom. And yes, Joel Schumacher ruined two franchises. Rip, just saying. He ruined Batman and he ruined the Phantom. Like, what was he going to do? Put bat nipples on the Phantom? Oh my Um, God. How do you think that would have looked? Oh, I think that would have looked? Yeah. Terrible. Bat nipples on a Phantom? Forget it. So, okay. Wow. Okay. I got a few more I want to talk about. So we're going to make this quick because JT has really one big one we're going to talk about. So yeah, towards the end, we're going to make these quick. Good. Okay. I said we were going to talk about another Sondheim and you know what they say, ask and you shall receive. What do you got? Okay. And this includes our dear friend, Mr. Tim Burton. Oh boy. We are talking about, and this Stephen Sondheim himself said this was his favorite adaptation of his of his musicals. Which one? This was Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. What is it called? The what? Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. The oh, okay, gotcha. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Hey, it's all you, bud. Go ahead. Okay. Johnny Depp's in it. Yes, and so is what's her face? I recognize her from the uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, from the Harry Potter films. Yeah. First of all, like I said, Stephen Sondheim said this was his favorite musical adaptation, film adaptation of his musical, of his musicals. Um, okay, so here's the story: Benjamin Barker, who was played by Johnny Depp, is a barber, and he gets, and he gets um. And he is married to a beautiful woman named Lucy. And they have a baby together, picture-perfect life. But then what happens is um, the judge, who is played by the late Alan Rickman. Yeah, Alan Rickman's involved in this. Um, oh, boy. Um, the judge lust after Sweeney's wife. Yeah, this is a pretty dark story, folks. Um, lust after Sweeney's wife. So he basically sets up a crime, frames Barker, sends Barker into exile so he can get with Barker's wife. Oh, geez. So years later, I think this is like 18 years later, Benjamin Barker comes back to London under the new name Sweeney Todd. And 
He's trying to meet up with his wife. He's trying to we he's trying to find his wife and daughter, mm-hmm. but he can't find her. So they run in. He runs into a lady who used who he used to be on the roof of her shop, Mrs. Lovett, played by Helena Bonham Carter. Um, Mrs. Lovett is a meat pie, fill some meat pies, and and. And then Sweeney, t- and then Sweeney's like figuring out, well, where's my wife? Where's my daughter? Okay, I'm gonna have to kind of censor what happened for the YouTube audience. Yep, go ahead, um, censor, censoring away. Apparently, after Sweeney was sent into exile, um, the judge did some, was trying to get with his wife, but she turned down his advances. Until and he's told the story that one night she the judge did some non-consensual things to her. Oh god. And then the story that she offed herself. And now their daughter is actually the judge's ward. So Sweeney goes into absolute just madness and he yes. wants to get revenge on humanity including the judge mm-hmm. and and so what's what's his big revenge scheme okay this is a little graphic what do you got he runs a pie shop okay. he's on the top of it and when customers he takes their the blade and i'm giving you a visual aid here and sends them down to the pie shop and she bakes them into pies. Oh now boy. you probably probably think for liking this, you probably think I'm a sick bastard. Um no, not really, but but anyway, um, but the but now there's another, there's this kid who becomes basically like the assistant of of um Todd, Sweeney Todd. And he falls in love with a woman. And you know who that woman ends up being? Who? His daughter. Oh, wow. Joanna's daughter. Uh, Joanna, Sweeney Todd's daughter. Oh, wow. Okay. And, but she's under the ward of, she's under the, the ward of Judge Turpin, played by Rickman. And in one of the scenes that everybody talks about, he's getting ready and Sweeney is getting ready for to do his you know what he wants to do to him he doesn't want to just give him a shave he wants to he wants to kill him and then there's that song okay you probably there's a song that they sing together it's called pretty women okay not the roy orbison song Um, it's a great song but yeah no it's you know what's so good the song is just so mellow and menacing Mm mm-hmm He's like, he's just going, pretty women, silhouetting, pretty women. And he's like shaving and Johnny Depp and, I got him at Johnny Depp and um, Alan Rickman have some pretty good harmony going. Um, And then, and it's just because it's such a mellow and common song. But then you hear it, it gets, it just builds up with pretty women. Yes. Pretty women, sir, 
free women. Like, you know what he's getting ready to do. He's getting yeah. ready to slit his throat. And then the guy who's in love with Sweeney's daughter comes and goes, Todd, Todd. I'm... Oh, shit. <laughs> um, okay, not these exact words, but he's like sitting there. Am I interrupting something? <laughs> Okay, I'm trying to add some levity. He'd be like, uh, hey, uh, Anthony, I'm a little busy right now. Uh, can you come back in like uh, 20 minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back in like 20 minutes. I'm a little busy right now. Okay, see you later. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Pretty women. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, yeah, but the, okay, the music itself is really good. And like, listen, Johnny Depp is not a trained singer. I think he was in a band at one point. He, he tours with Aerosmith sometimes, believe it or not. Yeah, but um, but you know what? I, I think being in a band and being in, and being, and musical theater are to- two totally different things. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And in this musical itself, yeah, ninety ninety five to ninety nine percent of the dialogue is sung. That's crazy. If you think about it, that's actually pretty crazy. Even for someone who is a professional vocalist, that's a lot of sh- that's a lot of vocal stress. Even someone who's a professional singer, that's a lot of vocal stress. Yeah, even like who actual actual singers, yeah. Yeah, but someone for like Johnny Depp who is not a professional singer, that's actually that's got to be more than stress. That's just, that's got to be like hell on the vocal cords. Oh, I'm sure it is, one hundred percent. Because like. There's like little bits of dialogue here and there, but it's mostly sung. And and like there are some slight comedic moments. Like there's this song, like there's an earlier scene in the movie when he's um when he's in the shaving contest with this guy, and the guy comes and reveals himself that he used to be his intern and said, I'm gonna blackmail you unless you give me money. And then he ends up killing him. And then he's like singing this song about how everyone just deserves to die. And then Mrs. Lovett, Helena Bonham Carter's character is like, okay, that's all fine and good, but what do we do with him? <laughs> I know that's kind of sick. Like, okay, now what do we do with the body? Um, but yeah, the I know this is kind of a morbid pick here, but like I said, the music is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. One of my favorite musicals. I am not going to spoil the ending. No, don't do it. And plus, the ending is very messed up too. But oh, never mind then. <laughs> I don't think we want to hear the ending. Go watch it for yourself. Um, but yeah, Sweeney Todd, one of my favorite musicals. Rest in peace, Stephen Sondheim. Um, and I'm sorry, there's like two more I want to talk about. Then we'll get to yours. I'm really sorry. Um, um, okay. Um, I feel like we have to talk about this one, Les Miserables. Talk to me, bud. Okay. I'm surprised I didn't think of this, but go on. We swam right! Yes, well, for finally, all night. Okay. This is one of my favorite musicals. This is about, okay, for the it's 19th century France. Jean Valjean, played by Hugh Jackman, is in, is doing, is in a prison labor form. Mm-hmm. And you know what his big crime was? What? He stole a loaf of bread. Yes. Must have been some pretty damn good bread. Must have been good bread, exactly. And then with Valjean, with Jean Valjean, uh, no, with um, was it Javert, played by Russell Crowe, which I actually don't think Russell Crowe was that bad in the movie. 
But anyway, he gets out of prison. And then years later, he's on the run because he committed another crime. And then he becomes the mayor of a town. Don't ask me how that happened. No, no, this is actually based on a book that's longer than the Bible. Jesus, really? Les Miserables, the book, is actually longer than the Bible. That's that's crazy. Well, because there's a lot of backstory, too, that they cut out for obvious reasons. Right. But, um, but anyway, um, so anyway, he goes to the town. There's this young woman named Fontaine, played by Anne Hathaway, uh-huh. who it's found out that she has an illegitimate child. And she gets fired from her job. And she becomes, and to end up supporting her child, she becomes a prostitute. Oh, geez. Okay. And she ends up becoming a prostitute. And, um, and, and, um, I think one of the things they did great in this film, the, the the timeless song, I Dream the Dream, in the play, it's actually sung before she be, after she loses her job, before she becomes a prostitute. In the, in the movie, it's actually, they actually moved it up to after she becomes a prostitute, because that really shows how low she had to go. Right. She went pretty low to get to where she wanted to go. Yeah, but anyway, at this point, Javert is about to is about to arrest Fontaine, mm-hmm. and then Valjean care take brings her in, and then Valjean ends up Fontaine dies, and Valjean ends up taking in take taking in Fontaine's daughter Cosette right there. Yep. Um. And then flash forwards to years later, Von Jean's still in hiding. She took took care of Cosette. She falls in love with a young man named Marius. And you know what? I'm not gonna explain the whole thing because we we will literally be here all night. And it's very convoluted. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was explaining the plot of it to my mom. It took me like 20 minutes to explain the whole thing. Yeah. It took me 20 minutes to explain the whole thing. So we're not gonna do that. Um but anyway, the music is great, and I know a lot of people shit on Russell Crowe. Yeah. I actually don't think he's that bad. No, he, he's a very talented actor. He, he, I, did, I did see this. He was pretty good in it, truthfully. I told you I would not give in. I'm like, like you can laugh at some of it, but because he was in a band, too. What, what, I don't know. Real? Some Australian band. Oh, ACDC, right? Oh, NXS. Kidding. I'm on a highway to hell and I'm jumping. Um, they never tear us apart. Anyways. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see Russell Crowe in a ba- in, in an ACDC cover band. That'd be incredible. Yeah, and if he doesn't like the fans, he can just throw phones at him like he did to that one guy because he expressed him and goes, oh, sorry, mate, I was in your way. Sorry. Oh, I, I didn't mean for you to throw a phone at me. But, there you go. No, no, in the U.S. He actually threw a phone at someone and got arrested for, like, assault or something. Um, oh, God, all right. But anyway, um, yeah, Russell Crowe is a little out there. Um, Definitely. But anyway, um, late, but yeah, Les Mis, highly recommend. It, it turns 10 this year. 
That's crazy. Okay. 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 I mean this for the last time. Two more, and then we, and then what were you gonna do? And then we're done. Cool. Um, okay. One I want to talk about. So, so we're gonna talk about tragic stories. I think it's time we talk about something fun. You want to talk about something fun? Yes. Fun away. What do you? Okay. Got? Ever heard of the producers? I have. The the it's actually the musical version that's based on um that's based on the original by um Mel Brooks starring Gene Wilder and that other guy whose name escapes me. But then it was turned into a Broadway show, and then it was adapted in two thousand five starring Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane and Uma Thurman. So the plot is Talk to very you. simple. Um. Max Bialystok, played by Nathan Lane, is one of the worst Broadway producers ever, and his musicals literally close on opening night. <laughs> they literally close because they're, they're that bad. Jeez. And so then he meets with his accountant, Leo Bloom, played by Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you, you know you'll have more flop than with a hit. And then as in and then he comes up with the big scheme. Okay, Justin, I do this perfectly. Okay, step one, find the worst play ever written. Step two, hire the worst directors in town. Step three, hire the worst actors in town. And I raise $2 million. $2 million? $1 million for you, $1 million for me. There's a lot of little old ladies out there. Step, step three, cl- open on Broadway. And step four, open on Broadway. And before you could say, step five, we take our $2 million and go to Rio. <laughs> Um, I dig it. And it's just, it ends, and they end up finding the worst play ever. You know what the play is called? What? Springtime for Hitler. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Springtime for Hitler. Wow. And, okay, you know, I'm going to be honest. I love Mel Brooks, but I, I, I guarantee you with today's world, I don't think this People, I don't think they would. He no, would in, 19, in 1967, it would have. If well, even fine. in 2005, but now yeah. the thing is, it's like Lindsay Ellis, formerly the nostalgia chick, made a video about how Mel Brooks did a good job satirizing Nazis, right? And and um and um and you know some of my favorite songs, the "I Want to Be a Producer" song, the "We Can Do It," and also um when they're they're meeting up the worst director of the song, Keep It Gay. And, and my favorite part of that song, I, I see cor- I see German soldiers dancing through France, played by chorus boys in very tight pants. And, and then when the musical Springtime for Hitler comes, in, in the show they go, people are walking out going, my God, talk about bad taste. And and then when the um, gay director comes on as the new Hitler, yeah, they all sort of fall in love with it, and and um <laughs> and springtime for Hitler becomes a big hit. So the reverse happens. They thought it was going to flop. They're going to take the money and leave, but it ends up becoming a monster hit. <laughs> And it, it's like the total opposite. Of, it's actually very fun to watch. Oh, I'm sure. Such, yeah. 
And um, Matthew Broderick, he does the greatest thing ever. He he takes his money and leaves, and then um, and leaves Nathan Lane to get in trouble. I'm like, you know what? At that moment, you're kind of because Nathan Lane's character is such a dirtbag. Mm-hmm. You're like thinking, you know what? Yeah, he kind of deserves that. Okay, uh, Leo Bluba, you you enjoy Rio. Yeah, okay, Max, you could sit here and mind jail. Like, um, that's great. Yeah, highly recommend it. And Okay, and this is my last one. I promise. Um, I promise. Um, you got it. Take it. This down. one was a recent one that just came out. Um, okay, if you remember back when I, we did alternative Christmas movies, I talked about Rent, but we're not talking about Rent tonight because I think I said what I had to say then. Um, yeah. We're actually going to be talking about this movie came out in November. It's called Tick, Tick, Boom. Tell me more. And guess who it stars? Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield. Guess what, folks? Spider-Man can sing. He, he, he was pretty good, too, right? Yeah. And this is a semi-autobiographical film about the life of Jonathan Larson. Wow. Who was the composer who ended up who ended up um, doing Rent. But it's not, like, Rent's mentioned, and there is, like, little uh, Easter eggs in the movie. Like, there's a building that says, no day but today. And there's a, another thing that says 525,600, which is a reference to, this, to, the, um, to the famous song from Rent, Season of Love, because it starts at the 525,600 minutes. Um. Yeah, but um, this is about the life of Jonathan Larson as he's going through his not even midlife crisis when he's trying to write his big time musical, but suburbia mm-hmm. for a theater workshop, and he's also working at a diner. And and on top, like the musical Suburbia, which is um, which becomes a, which is basically like a musical version of 1984. And you know he's going on with that. And Take Take Boom was an actual play, but they actually stretched it out more uh-huh. to because it was supposed to be a semi autobiographical film about Jonathan Larson and Jonathan Larson played by Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield does a really good job. Like who knew Spider-Man could sing? Yeah, Spidey can definitely sing, boys and girls. Like and he's going through this midlife crisis. He's like in 9 days, he goes in just a few days I'm doing my musical workshop and then in 3 days I'm going to be 30 years old. Dun, dun, dun. And then, and then he's like, like the music is great. Like the opening number, which is probably my favorite song in the show. It's called 3090. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the show, um, there's Vanessa Hudgens is actually in this movie. I didn't know that really. She plays this girl who is in Larson's show. And they do this song together called Therapy, which is absolutely hilarious. And okay. 
and the songs itself. Um, like I said, if you like Rent, you will like Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, awesome. It goes, it, I think it's kind of relatable too, because we all feel like at that point in our lives that we failed and we're going nowhere. And he feels that way too when his, you know who actually attends his, um, his workshop? His who? hero, Stephen Sondheim. Okay, oh, really? Yeah, th- that's a real life story. Stephen Sondheim actually was um, basically served as a mentoring role to Jonathan Larson. That's so cool. I didn't know that. Because Stephen Sondheim was actually mentored by Oscar Hammerstein. Oh, wow. And, he, and Stephen Sondheim believed, I want to pay it forward just like Oscar Hammerstein did to me. Um, yeah, he, um, yeah, and we'll get back to Sondheim here in a second, but that, but it, it, it is Jonathan Larson's story. And like after Suburbia fails, he said, you know what? Because there's a single, well, what do I start doing? Was, you start, you start writing the next one, which ended up being Tick, Tick, Boom. And, um, Saddle, and then after Tick Tick Boom, which was a moderate success, he started with his magnum opus, which was, of course, Rent. Yep. Which sadly he never got to see because on the day, on the day it was supposed to premiere, like he came back from a late night rehearsal, made some tea, he passed out. And unfortunately, on the morning the show was supposed to premiere in previews off Broadway. Yeah. Jonathan Larson sadly passed away at the age at the age of thirty six. Oh, that's upsetting. And you know what? Because at thirty six too. Oh my god, thirty six years old. That's very and sad. I think what's really just makes it sad is he never got to see how big of a success Rent was. Wow. He never got to see it, and that's a shit. That's a shit. That, that's very sad. If you think about it, because when they they have like it's like when creators create something. They have like, you know, I mean, when creators create something, they actually, and not seeing their full dreams come to fruition when they were alive, it's kind of sad if you think about in the, it. Yeah. In the, yeah, in the pre, in the off Broadway preview of Rent that night, like the day Jonathan Larson died, because his family was actually coming out. Oh wow! To see okay. the show. Yeah. And they got the call that he passed away, and the cast was like, "Should we? Um, can we still go on, or do you want to postpone?" He goes, "I think John would want you guys to do it." And right. they they strip it down, no costumes. They just would stand around and sing the songs. And because mm-hmm. I watched a documentary on this, but there's two moments that really hit me when they were talking about in the documentary. One, which is my favorite song from Rent, it's called "One Song Glory," which is the character Roger is singing about how his time is coming to an end and his life is wasted. It yeah. kind of makes you think about how John Larson died so young. And Jesse L. Martin, later known for Law and Order, was in the sh- in the show, and he was singing the song "I'll Cover You." And they said at the end of the show, you could hear a pin drop in the theater, and somebody stood up and yelled, "Thank you, Jonathan Larson." Wow. And but um yeah but um like I said, Andrew Garfield's performance is great, and what I think is so funny about Tick Tick Boom is. In the beginning, they're like, all of what happened in this movie is true, except for the parts that John made up. Um, there you go. 
<laughs> but um, and also when I said about Stephen Sondheim, he's played in this movie by Bradley Whitford, who you might yeah. know from The West Wing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is actually a scene. It's like near the end of the movie. It's actually on John Larson's thirtieth birthday. Okay. And he gets a call from Stephen Sondheim, and he says, "Hey, uh, John, I just want to say I really liked Suburbia. Um, I'd like to um." schedule a time so we can sit down and talk about the future mm-hmm. and you want to know something they couldn't get the real they couldn't get bradley whitford back okay they couldn't get him back because he was unavailable for filming that day you know who that actually was on the recording who that was the actual stephen sondheim the really they actually got stephen sondheim to record to leave that message wow that's that's actually pretty cool like, I think maybe because, like I said, Stephen Sondheim was like a mentor to John Larson. So I think, and also this film was released a couple of weeks before Stephen Sondheim passed away. So I think maybe that was, I think maybe Steve, I think maybe John Larson and uh, Stephen Sondheim really admired John Larson and wanted to pay that final tribute to him. So, yeah, but the movie is absolutely great. Um the movies and also a lot of the original cast members of Rent do make cameos in there too. So oh, wow. it really shows you because unless you're a big musical theater nerd, yeah, and I tell you who Jonathan Larson is, you're gonna look at me and go, Who? Right. And you're gonna go, Who? I think it's finally, I think, you know, because when you think of Jonathan Larson, you think of Rent. But I think I think it's good to see that a lot of his other works are now seeing the light of day. That's good. And he's not going to be known just as the rent guy or, you know, the writer of that song that every person had to sing for their middle school or high school choir concert. So the song Seasons of Love. But that's yeah. But yeah. OK, dude, I am very sorry. I just kept up coming up with more shit. I deeply apologize. Should I start then? All right, you said you only have one more. Do you have another one after this? This is it. This is all I got. Okay, let's hear it. The Greatest Showman. This one, I now, full disclosure. The movie I thought was really good. Like, really good. But what got me was not just the actual soundtrack of the cast, <coughs> but was... The reimagined spot uh, artists of, of um the reimagined playlist as well uh, the reimagined album that they released of other artists including Zach Efron apparently who did some really good singing on the album um of like Pink was on it Panic at the Disco was on it they all like they all sung different parts of the of the play. You know JT loves Panic at the Disco. I do. I think uh, full disclosure. Brendan Urie, you're, you're out there listening to me. You're amazing. You're super talented. You are one of the best lead singers of any bit group ever, and I don't care. I don't. I don't really care if you're the original or the only one left. You're still panicking at the disco to me, anyways. But like they're they're the greatest show. Pink's cover of a million reasons was awesome. Hugh Jackman's performance in the movie was great. Like it is. It was one of the best movies of that. Uh, what year? Kind of twenty nineteen? Is that right? Uh, I forget. What, we're forget twenty eighteen. I think twenty seventeen. Okay, so about three or four years ago now. It's incredible. If you, if you, I mean, 
full disclosure, but if you're listening to us and you're watching us, whatever. If you're not a big musical like film person or <clears throat> like not just a not just a musical film person, but like just someone who enjoys music with movies, do it to any extent, whether it be a biopic or artist biopic, whatever, like Bohemian Rhapsody or whatever. This is a great one to watch. This is a really solid film, and the reimagined uh, album is great. I got to tell you, this this all around this is an incredible film and an incredible soundtrack to go with it. I was truly, I was floored, and, I, and a lot of people went to go see it. It came out like Christmas, whatever. It was great, so it was awesome. Bill, what's your take on the Greatest Showman? I'll be honest. Um, I th- I thought the movie itself was okay, but I really did like the music. Yeah, the music was. Very, I mean, all the come. Didn't Zach Efron actually sing it? Is that right? Am I looking? Yes, at I, my favorite song actually has him in it. It's the song "The Other Side." Okay, all right. When they're at the bar and they're singing that song. I'm on the Wikipedia page. You know, there's so. actually talk that they're going to turn this into a Broadway musical. Oh, they should. They totally should. It's too good to pass up. Um, I will say this too. So it says that. So, so some people said, "Why did it flop?" It made half a billion dollars at the worldwide box office. It made $435 million. It was not a bomb at all. If anything, it made a lot of money. <coughs> it was the best original song, best soundtrack, all these different Oscar nominations, too. All in, in a, uh, it was just an incredible film. And on a budget of $84 million, it made $435 million. That's great. I really like, um, Where's this I really like the composers Ben Pasak and Justin Paul. Yeah, the Pazikin Paul guys. Those are great. Who also did the music to La La Land. Yeah. I mean, they. It, was, it got a lot of love at the awards for that year. It got like, I was it Grammys. It got the Golden Globes. It got the uh, some some Oscars, if I'm not mistaken, right? What? Uh, no. Human? Yeah. For like best original song. Is that right? It was nominated, but I think it lost. Oh, all right. Well, I wasn't sure. Where's the soundtrack? Hold on one sec. Uh, uh, anyways, but anyways, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this, and it's on Disney Plus now. If you think about it, too, so because Disney acquired, acquired Fox. But um, yeah, no, I love Pay Second Paul. I think their music is great. Yeah, they actually wrote some of these songs for the Aladdin remake, and Alan Menken himself said Ben Paysack and Justin Paul remind himself of remind him of himself and Howard Ashman. Mm. So I think Ben Pazak and Justin Paul are going to be the next Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. I hope um, so. I hope. I mean, they did such a good, such a really well-received album with this. It was great. So, And they also did Dear Evan Hansen, too. I didn't know that. How about that? And I didn't see the movie, but did you know, announced today, Dear Evan Hansen this September's closing. Oh, that's a shame on Broadway. Yeah. Dang. Well, they probably took a big hit during COVID, so. I'm sure the whole, the whole Broadway is like struggling at the moment still to an extent, but they're doing okay overall. Say it with me. One, two, three. Thanks, Thanks, COVID. COVID. I just want to touch on the greatest show and reimagine thing. Sure, go right ahead. They did like um, Panic at the Disco did the first one. Pink did a million reasons. Uh, years and years to come alive. Max did the other side. Kelly Clarkson did never enough. This is Zach Bradman did from now on. Like they, they really, real this. The, a lot of these songs are still streamed a lot on the, on the artist Spotify. Like a million dreams. I love the pink version. The pink version of that song is so good. 
it's I it, it's not I wouldn't call it a guilty pleasure because I do love it. So that's me. I love Pink too. She's great. Um, but yeah, greatest showman all around, an incredible, fun, um, box office phenomenon that truly was took us all by storm. Literally. Um, do you have any other ones by chance, or are we good? Um, you know what? I'm just gonna rattle things off and not go into detail. Sure, I'm just gonna give you the short version. Um, La La Land, I really like since we're talking about Pesach and Paul. Yep. Um, have you ever seen it? I have not, but I've, I heard it was really good. Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone do an amazing job. Um, okay. um, Jesus Christ Superstar, which I did a full review of that last Easter. If you want to go check that out on the YouTube channel, that is my favorite Andrew Lloyd Webber. And there was a Rat Pack musical I was thinking about. It's called Robin and the Seven Hoods. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Uh, I have not, no. It's actually about, um, it's actually one of the, I think it's the only, I could be wrong, the only Rat Pack film that doesn't have Peter Lawford in it. Oh, wow. Because Frank Sinatra and JFK were fighting at the time, and Peter Lawford was actually married to one of JFK's sisters. Oh, I see. Okay. So. There you go. Yeah, but anyway, the music is great. Family Guy, of course, parodied it because they parody everything. Yeah, Family Guy parodied it. So the I got much more stuff, but we'll be here all night. So, and I think I tortured JT enough for tonight. Um, no, you didn't really torture me because I mean, hearing hearing you talk is always a I, you you're you're very insightful, my friend. You're very insightful. Thank you. And you're insightful like, too. This is why oh, we yeah. do the show together. Exactly. We have good on-screen chemistry and podcast chemistry as well. That's what we do. We the best podcast. We the best. We the best podcast. Yes. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for us tonight. <coughs> as I cough away into the infamous abyss known as the ending of our stream. Thank you so much for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us. If you like what you've seen here or heard here, subscribe to us on Spotify podcast and subscribe to us on YouTube called The Super Review Show. Follow us on Twitter and make sure to hit that poll from before regarding if we should do the Grease movie commentary with Bill still here. Um Let's do it the week I'm in Vegas, JT. Let's do it the weekend. Do it the weekend. I'm in Vegas. I'm gonna Skype him. I'm gonna Zoom him. Uh, JT, I'd love to, but I'm 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 at Caesar's Palace right now. I got oh my God, my number just came in. Buddy, come on, buddy. Oh my God. And, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. This beautiful young lady is talking to me right now. So uh, I'm, I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Bill, where can people find you online? You can find Don't us at the. Don't forget to check out Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network at www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. And if you enjoyed us on YouTube tonight, you can always check out there in the link in the description below so you guys can check them out. They did a wonderful job over there, as always. Check them out. And uh, simply follow us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and follow us on Instagram. Simply at the Superview Show on all media platforms. Thank you so much for watching and listening. However you enjoyed us. And, we, and don't forget, everyone, tune in next week for an episode of Mixed Bag and tune in tomorrow for our weekly career retrospectives. We're back tomorrow night with a new episode on, on our YouTube channel talking about KISS.